Good morning, good morning. All right. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, amen? All right, let's come in, let's come in. Let's get settled in. Let's lean in. Let's get excited. Anybody excited about the word this morning? Amen. All right. Everybody that didn't clap to that, tell them, then leave me alone. Cállate. I'm going to get in for a few minutes, and then we can talk later, all right? Tell them, hold the bochinche. Amen. All right, all right. Thank you, bro. Last year, this happened a couple of months ago, I got to hang out with my little godson. I, I don't see him here today. It's the, the little Indian-looking one with the long ponytail <laughs> that runs around. And we got invited to his house, and so we're, we're eating dinner, and I'm hanging out with him, Javen. If you're watching from home, God bless you, buddy. So Javen and I, you know, when you, when you play with a kid, they set the rules. They, set, they decide the game, they decide how it's played, and they decide what you're going to do, right? And so when a little kid tells you what to do, you do it. When a little kid tells you this is how you play, this is how you play, right? So that day we're playing superheroes. He was the Incredible Hulk, and I was Iron Man. I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> so... He's the Incredible Hulk. Every time he comes to me, he smashes and he growls. Ah! And he attacks me and he punches and he hits me and he growls. Ah! Now, what he didn't know was that the night before, I had an extraction. And I had stitches in my gums. And I'm playing with the Incredible Hulk. And he growls, and he smashes, and he punches. And Iron Man does nothing. What does Iron Man do? I just sit there and take it and get beat up, right? So <clears throat> it got to the point where I, was, I, was, I, I think these stitches are about to burst. I got to somehow redirect this game, right? And so I tell him, I tell him, Javen, I said, I'm Hulk. No, we have to speak in character. I said, Hulk, Hulk, why are you always so angry? And he tells me, it's something, something about, like he didn't, he just, I think he was just, I don't think he knew. He just said, oh, something the Iron Man did a long time ago. <laughs> Does anybody know why the Hulk is mad at Iron Man? All right, so anyway, he, he didn't know either. So, and, oh, I don't know. So I'm, I'm trying to, you know, being that now I'm a pastor, I'm a minister of reconciliation, Amen. So I said, you know what? It's time for me to bring some reconciliation between the Hulk and Iron Man. So I said, Hulk, 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 how about, listen, whatever I did to you, Hulk, I'm sorry. And, and you know, Javen's a good kid. He's, he's a church kid. He, you know, he's used to this kind of stuff. And he goes, oh, okay. <laughs> and I said, Hulk, Hulk, do you forgive me? And he says, yeah, yeah, Iron Man. And, and I said, so you don't have to be mad at me anymore? And he said, no, no, no. He says, are we going to be friends? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And so then we go back to playing, right? And so, so then he goes. <laughs> and he looks at me with the cutest little face and he goes, so, so what are we going to do? <laughs> so what are we going to See, if all we ever did was fight. If all we ever did was, was yell at each other, if, oh, this is, this is preaching, come on. If all we ever did was coming at each other and attacking each other, if all we ever did was growl and, and attack, if, then if we take all that away, so, so what are we going to do? And, and it was such a moment in my head, I, I couldn't, because I said sometimes, I said, that's us. That's the church. Oh, y'all wasn't ready for that? It's fun and games while I'm getting beat up, but you don't want to get none, right? I said, that's the church. If all we're known for is coming at each other and, 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 and having divisions and forming sides and dividing people, when all you're known for is hypocrisy and fighting, when you decide that you're not going to do that anymore, that you're not going to have to, to do, then you're lost. Then we're looking at each other as a church and we come together and say, so, so what are we going to do? And that struck me, man. That, that, that stayed, I said, because that's been so, for so long, that's been our history as a church. Not us, but the church. Amen? And so when we really start to put things in order, when we decide that we're not going to fight anymore, when we decide that we're not going to attack anymore, then, then it's, it's easy for Christians to come together and say, well, you know, then, 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 then what are we going to do? And that's what I'm prepared to tell you today. Amen? See, family, we've just come through a 30-day spiritual challenge. And I love what I see happening throughout, throughout the church. I see people stepping out of their comfort zones. I see people that came out to prayer more than once a week. More, you got to understand, I don't see people coming here to prayer once a week, every other week. All right, take the gloves off, come on. But, but I saw people coming out to church every day. They were here, they were at harvest, they were harvest, they were here, they were here, and we were praying. I saw people getting on prayer lines to, to be on the phone to just hear people pray. I said, man, something's happening here. Something's changing. I saw people reading scriptures. People were posting scriptures. People were posting not just their lunch. They were posting like encouraging words. Not just their outfits. Not just their selfies. I think I, I put a hold on selfies for a moment. Just, it only lasted a little bit, but I think there was a pause on selfies for a moment. And it was beautiful. Something's happening. You know, it was exciting. People were going out of their way to do random acts of kindness. Listen, this is an exciting time for the church. Somebody say amen. I saw the youth posted the other day. They hit the subways. Listen, they hit the subways and they gave out scarves and gloves to people in need. To me, that's one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. They were going around, listen, listen, they were going around with post-its, and they were giving people post-its in the church. Can you imagine, like, like hey, God's, God's with you. Hey, don't give up. And they were giving people these post-its. Can you imagine, listen, it's Friday night. You had the worst day at work. You might have got laid off. Your boss might have tore a brand new one. <coughs> 
It might have been the worst day you had. You are heading home on the train. The train is crowded. The train is, is, is smelly. The people are pushing you in the train. People are touching you in places you shouldn't be touched by strangers. It, it, it's crazy. You're cranky. Now imagine some young person comes up and gives you a sticker. Hey, don't give up. Hey, don't quit. Hey, God hears you. Hey, man, you don't look like you had a scarf. Hey, take this scarf, man. Put this scarf around your neck, man. Keep your neck warm. Hey, your hands look cold. Why don't you take these gloves? Hey, hey, don't give up. Hey, God loves you. Hey, Jesus is the answer that you're looking for. Hey, God knows you. Hey, God hears you. Hey, hey, let me get you a, a cup of coffee. Hey, let me give you my sandwich. Hey, can, can you imagine the change? Listen, if that's all this church did as a ministry, that would be life-changing. I'm ready to shut every ministry down and just start the post-it ministry. Amazing, life-changing. That's a picture of the church. Amen? This is such an exciting time. Listen, some of you I know, you're people that used to look for trouble. And now we're out looking to fix trouble. That, that alone, you got to say, man, if there wasn't a God, I know that there's a God now. Because this dude is giving people scarves and stickers. This dude was robbing scarves six months ago. Some of the ones he gave out, he robbed from H&M. But praise God, we redeemed them. It's an exciting time. Amen? We're starting to look like the church. I love that. We're starting to act like the church. And I don't mean, I mean the church that Christ talks about. Not the modern day, secular, self-satisfying, feed me, entertain me, make me laugh, make me better, encourage me, but don't convict me, instruct me, but don't judge me. Oh, I'm offended. I'm going to another church. Not that church. I'm talking about the church that, the true church that God speaks of in the word. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 16, 18, that one of his purposes for coming, he says, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He says in Ephesians 5, 25, he tells us that the church was so important to Christ. He loved the church so much that he gave himself up for her. God built the church. God loves the church. God is coming back for the church. I love where we are right now, and I refuse to go back. Come on, tell somebody, I refuse to go back to regular church. All about me, church. I'm here just to be entertained, church. I'm here to hear a joke, church. Uh, no, listen, I've been wanting to do a series on the church for a long time, and God never let me kind of materialize. It never, it never went through. I never got the green light, but right now I'm feeling green lights all the way down the highway. I mean, it's like, yeah, this is the time, amen? This is the time. We're coming up on our 10th year as a church. Wow. Wow. Listen, let me tell you, if I had to take everything we've been through and everything we've experienced to get us here, I repent this morning for having been mad at the process. Come on, everybody, anybody ever been mad at God? Been mad at, at people? You get all kinds of upset at situations that you're in? You think nothing's ever going to change? You think, God, why'd you allow this? God, why didn't you do this? God, why didn't you do that? These people, you should know better. Why didn't you? Yeah, you ever been in that place where you're angry? And then 
all of a sudden, somebody say suddenly. So I mean, like all of a sudden, God turns it around in the midnight hour. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All of a sudden, in the midnight hour, God brings beauty that you never saw coming out of tragedy. Anybody been there? And you want to stay angry, but you can't be mad no more. You been there? You want to stay in your funk, you know, uptown, funk you up. You want to stay funked up all the time, but God won't let you. You can't stay there. God's calling you out of that thing. <laughs> you want to stay in the funk, but the blessing is so real. The lesson is so good. The outcome is so nice. You have no choice but to change. Come on, if the person next to you is still stuck, pass them a post-it note. Tell them, hold on. Hold on, brother. God's going to turn it around. Your time is coming. So the series is simply titled The Church. I didn't want to make it complicated. The Church. What's this series about? The Church. The message this morning is so, what are we going to do? Thank you, Javen. So if we're going to study this thing. It's important to define the thing. Amen? If you're going to study something, the definition matters and the origin matters. We want to find, we're going to study what it means and we want to study where it came from. And that's what we're going to do. Amen? So, so the church, by definition, the Greek word, just to sound a little important and sound smart. The Greek word in the New Testament for the, our English word, the church, is ekklesia. Is that impressive? Let me impress you a little more. It's derived from the verb ekaleo, and the compound ek means out, and kaleo means to call. So literally the meaning for the church is the called out ones. We're the called out ones. That's what the church means. Words are so powerful, isn't it, church? See, the church is never, let's, let's finalize this forever. The church is never a place the church is a people. So when you say, I love this church, or I hate this church, you're not talking about a thing, you're talking about a people. You're not talking about a building, you're talking about me. You're talking about us. You're talking about each other, amen? So be careful when you're talking because sometimes, you know, you're not talking about someone. You're, you're not talking about something. You're talking about someone, and, and that someone is someone that God loves. And that someone is someone that God is passionate about. God loves the church, amen? If you don't love the church, oh, the word is clear. Like Jesus told people, well, no, you don't know your father because your father's the devil, isn't that crazy? I read that passage where, where Jesus just tells people, no, if you loved me, then you, if, if you were of God, if God was your father, you would love me. But because you don't love the things I'm saying, it means you're like your father. And people are like, what you talking about? Like your father, the devil. <laughs> that's, that'll get you, that's fighting words, right? That's talking about somebody's mother and father. That's, in the hood, you fight about stuff like that. So let's further define it in the word. Look what the word, how the word describes the church. This is one of my favorite pictures in all of scripture. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. The body, the, the, the church body, the body is a unit. And though it is made up of many parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek, Dominican, Puerto Rican, slave or Cuban, we're all given the same one spirit to drink. 
Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Verse 18, in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Isn't that amazing? So by definition, the church is a bunch of called out ones gathered to be one. We're a bunch of called out ones gathered to be one. So what we've been doing this week, if you really, this month, if you really took the challenge seriously, (laughs) we've been living as called out ones. We've been studying, we've been taking time to read, we've been taking time to pray together, we've been taking time to fast, we've been taking time off of social media to draw closer. We've been, we've been living like called out ones, amen? It, I, I don't, listen, I don't ever want to go back to sippy cup Christians. Let me tell you what a sippy cup Christian is. A sippy cup Christian is one that has no problem snapping open a beer and drinking six of them. A sippy cup Christian has no problem putting a straw in a tall margarita and sipping it to the end. But when it comes to the word, he wants a nipple. He wants to be fed. He got no problem picking up the six pack, but when it comes to the word, he wants a sippy cup. You get the picture now. There's no more time for sippy. God is calling us out. Amen. It's, it's so, and, and listen, it's so easy to think that if God is going to call out people to be the church, then he's going to call out some pretty qualified people, right? How many of you kind of think that way? He's going to call out and some pretty talented people, some pretty gifted people, some special people. How many of you, some of you think or have thought at some point that, man, the people on the stage, they're, they're different, right? They're, they're, they're whatever, they, they're called or they're chosen or like we have this weird concern. I know I've been there, amen? But listen, the problem is that God, the problem with that is that God doesn't see people the way we see people. And so he could look at a self-centered, self-absorbed, conceited young man and put him through a process and make him a pastor of a church. He can look at a young man that was always overlooked and undervalued and use him to carry the weight of all the ministries in this building. He can look at a a young man that a a kid raised in a crack house and bring out the gifting in him and and let him lead worship before bunches of people. Come on. He don't see what we see because he doesn't look the way we look. So we looked at the definition of the church. Let's look at the origin, how this thing gets started. I I love this. When we look at the lineup, the crew that Jesus gathered as as he's about to start this church in the book of Acts. Let's look at the scenario. This is important because we're going to look at the way something started so that we can understand what it was meant to be and how it's supposed to flow. Amen? So if we look at how it started, let's look at the scenario. Jesus, who's called all these people to follow him, this Jesus who claims to be God and certainly acts like he's God, he's forgiven people's sins. Like, that's why the religious people were so scandalized, because he's doing things that only God should do. And so people are saying, either this guy is the looney tune, he's crazy, or he's God. And that's hard to, to get a hold of. So he's forgiving people's sins. He's performing miracles like no one has ever seen. He turned water to wine. He walked on the water. He speaks to the water in the storms. He says he is the eternal water of life. He controls life. He spoke life into people who had none. He raised people from the dead. He gave some. He gave people life. 
He came and he gave his life. And before he's crucified, he tells everyone what he's about to, what's about to happen and what he's about to do. And after he's crucified and he's confirmed dead, somebody say dead. The apostles scatter. Some go back to work. And the next scene, you catch some of them fishing again. So some of them were fishermen. They went back to, God called them out and they left all their fishing gear when they were called. But now, God, this Jesus rose up, died, was crucified, and they said, nothing's going to happen. And they went back to work, some of them. And some of them were confused. They said, maybe he wasn't it. Maybe, <coughs> I guess that wasn't him. And they forgot all the miracles. They forgot all the incredible things that he's already done with them. They forgot that he told them, this is going to happen. They're going to tear down this temple, but I'm going to raise it in three days. They're going to crucify me, but, but it's not going to be the end of life. And they forgot all of that because all of a sudden he's gone, out of sight, out of mind, right? And so, they, but, but some of them, they go to the tomb. And they find the tomb is empty, say empty. Because he's alive. And, and so after that time he appears to people, he appears to groups of people, 30, 40 days. He's appearing to people so that people could see that this Jesus who was crucified is now alive. And before he leaves them, he tells them, listen, this is not the world that God intended for us. I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. But I'm not going to leave you alone because I know it's hard on this world. It's hard here. I'm, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you, but I won't leave you alone. So he tells the, 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 the apostles, stay here until you receive the comforter, the healer. Stay here until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And he says, this is good for you because, listen, in the flesh, Jesus says, I can only be with one of you at a time. I can only be in one place at a time. But in the spirit, I can, I, I'm, I'm past this, this fleshly limitation. I can, be with, I can be everywhere in the spirit. I can be with all of you at the same time. I'm beyond this limitation. So he tells them, stay here until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And so now we have in the upper room, book of Acts, chapter 1, we have a group of called out ones. For all my scandal heads, these are the gladiators. Acts chapter 1, 13, it says, when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. And those present, this is important, were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James. It goes on and on. And then it ends, along with the women... And Mary, the mother of Jesus. I love that this is included here and it's included because it had to matter. Why would it matter to us who it was? Because this is the start of the church. So if God is going to select some people to start the church, it should matter to us who they are. Amen? So I love that Peter was mentioned first in the book of Acts. This is the same Peter who always put his foot in his mouth. How many of you have that ministry? This is the same Peter who's always acting before thinking. How many of you are part of the head, head up that usher, that, you know, your ushers in that ministry? This is the same Peter who denied Christ in the most critical hour. He denied even knowing him. He walked with him all this time and people were like, aren't you what a, nah, man, it wasn't me. Nah, come on, you were, you were, aren't you from, nah, man, I don't even know that dude. Denied even knowing him. Right? So, so th this is, it was time for Peter the coward to live like a gladiator. Come on. Live like a called out one. 
Then if you look down the list, John, James, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas. This is Doubting Thomas. How many of you heard of Doubting Thomas? This is the, the apostle that said, listen, I, I know what he said. I know he said he was going to come back. I know he said you couldn't kill him. I know he said he was coming. I know you guys said you saw him, and I, I trust you guys and all that. But unless I see him, unless he stand, how many of you cynics like that? Unless I see him, unless I put my hand in the hole where the spear was, unless I put my finger in the, in the, nail, the nail holes in his hands, I'm not going to believe. Thomas the cynic is now Thomas the gladiator. Come on, somebody get excited. Listen, some of you don't step out into any activities or any ministries. You haven't really become the life of the church for two reasons. You ready? Either you're too busy with your own priorities and you have no time to be called out. And remember what I've always told you. If the devil don't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Because devil don't care if you show up to church on Sunday. So what? As long as you don't make yourself a part of the life of the church. As long as you don't become the church, you can be furniture in the church all you want. He loves it. Good. Good job. Let's buy more chairs, get more furniture in the church. Good job. Knock down a wall. Let's add another set of knucklehead furniture in the church. As long as they don't get in the life of the church, then we're good. That, then that pastor could think he got the biggest church in the, in the country. Good for him. Either you're too busy with your own priorities and have no time to be called out, or you don't think you're qualified enough to be a gladiator. You don't think you're qualified enough to be a called out one. Let's look at the list. So far we have Peter the chicken hearted. We have some uneducated fish. I'm imagining these guys were dumb as a brick. These were fishermen. They didn't go to school. All they knew how to do was fish. They knew the water. They knew fish. They knew temperatures and seasons. They knew fish. That was it. They didn't go to high school. They didn't get a degree. They, don't, they were uneducated. They didn't go to theology school. They didn't go to the, to, the, to the, they weren't allowed in any place house. They didn't pray. They didn't, you know, we get the picture of them like that. They're just, they're just some knucklehead fishermen. You have Peter the chicken hearted. You have Thomas the doubter, the cynic. Who else was there? It says Bartholomew and Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. You have to understand. I know to us, we still don't like tax collectors. We still like whatever. You work for the IRS or, or if you give tickets on our cars, we don't like you. Right? I'm sorry if some of you are here. We love you in Jesus. Amen? Just don't tell anybody what you do. Um, but Matthew, at that time, a tax collector was the most hated people of the world because they were the biggest cheaters. They were, they were taking the people's taxes and they were taking their taxes. They were taking their and they would cheat and they would skim and they were the worst. People, religious people would pray in church, thank you God that I'm not like the tax collectors. That would be actually a prayer from, from the Pharisees. They would say, thank you God that I'm not, uh, at least I'm not a tax collector, right? So who else is mentioned in this list? It goes on and on and on. And then it says Mary and some of the women. You have to understand in that culture, women were lower than tax collectors. Women didn't count. Women were never counted. If they said there was 46 people here, that means there was 46 men here. Because the women weren't even counted. You, you know what? Can you imagine this, your significance if you don't even value as a number? Can you imagine the culture that says you're not even worth counting? I mean, that, that, 
you know, that, that culture is kind of still prevalent in, the, in those cultures and that society of that time, right? But in this time, nothing. But I love that God includes them. I love that God calls women gladiators. I love that God included them in the start of the church because he knew that they would be pillars in the church as well. So here we are in the upper room. A team of called out ones is gathered. A bunch of misfits doing awesome things for God. That should be like our slogan, the Sanctuary Fellowship. Bunch of misfits doing awesome things for God. Amen? <clears throat> the word says they're gathered and they're praying and they're, and they're waiting and, and they're united in one accord. This, this is awesome because every time we see the disciples in the Gospels, they were always fighting and bickering. Right? If you read through the Gospels, these guys were always saying stupid things to Jesus. Like, so who's going to be first, you know? So, like, you love me more, I love you more. You're going to be, how come, how come this one's called John, the one that you love? How come you don't call me Peter, the one that you love? How come, how come I'm not called the one that you love? Who's going to sit on your right hand? Who's going to sit on your left? There was always this bickering going on. Who's going to die first? Who's going to go with you first? Who, why do you spend more time with him? Why do you spend, it's just like the church folk, amen? These people were always bickering, but here we are now. What's changed? Peter, Thomas, Matthew, Simon the Zealot, and these women, they've come together for one purpose. Their differences are still there. Listen, but the resurrected Jesus, the calling in their heart was greater than any difference. Family, we have to continue to look beyond our differences, beyond our preferences, beyond our disagreements, beyond our past history, and continue to press on together as a church. Say amen. Sometimes we let our past history, we let, we let past decisions, we let past uh, situations keep us from ever moving forward. That's not the church. Historically, it might be, but that's not this church anymore. Say amen. amen. Your calling is greater than your differences. I love that. Amen. Thank you. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another so that there may be no divisions among you, that you may be perfectly united in mind and in thought. That was the start of the church. It was marked by unity. That's all over the scriptures. Watch this. Psalm 133.1. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Romans 15, 5, now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another. According to Christ Jesus, that you may be with one mind and one mouth, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 12, 15, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another. This unity is all throughout the scriptures. They gathered to do what Jesus called them to do, to wait for the Spirit of God. So in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria until the end of the earth. So Jesus told them, when this Holy Spirit of God comes on you, you're going to receive power to do everything you've been called to do. So when the Holy Spirit fell on Peter, this coward turned courageous. What are you going to do when the Holy Spirit is with you? When you finally realize, the word says we receive the Holy Spirit when we believe. So it's not anything that we have to wait for. It's the second we believe, we receive the Holy Spirit. But some of us still haven't kind of tapped into that. It's like you got a superpower that you don't know about. I forgot there was a couple of shows last 
last year or something about this family who had superpowers, right? I, don't, I forgot the name of it, but, but they didn't find out until something happened and they tapped into it and all of a sudden they realized they have this superpower. That's kind of a picture of the church. We have the superpowers that we haven't tapped into yet. And, and sometimes the only places that we find these superpowers are in tragedies. This is, this, this, yeah, right? The older Christians went, hmm, yeah. Sometimes that's the only playtime we find it is through trials and through tribulations. And sometimes it's through hard times. You thought you were so weak. You thought there's nothing you can handle. And then you get this thing laid on your shoulders that's so impossible to live with. And you come through. And you beat that thing. How many of you beat that thing sometimes? Come on. You beat that thing that God threw on you, that, that the world weighed heavy on you. And you beat that thing and you came out on the other side. The Holy Spirit makes cowards courageous. I love the history of the church. They were gathered in this room waiting because Jesus told them, stay here and wait. Sometimes we don't wait. Sometimes we're not obedient to what we already know to do. God has told you, wait, and some of you move forward all the time. Us, not just you, me, all of us, amen? God says, wait, and we move forward 100 miles an hour. I thought you said go. <laughs> Tell that to the cop when you get the ticket for the red light. I thought red means go. So they were waiting, man. This is, this is a, 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 a key component of the church, too. They wait. They wait. In, in what God has for them and wait for what God has for them. So they were gathered. The Holy Spirit fell on them in the room. And, and this is crazy. They began speaking in other tongues. This is the first time. How many of you remember your old Pentecostal Rahatabla uh, churches? Come on, who had that background? Praise God. Thank God for them or some of us wouldn't be here. But you know, don't you? You walk in everybody's speaking in tongues and you're like, oh my God, this is crazy. And they walk up to you, oh, santo lo You're like, if you're not from that stuff, if you don't experience any of that, you're, you're flipping out. But so this happened in the book of Acts. The spirit came upon them and they all started speaking in other tongues. And they spilled out into the street. They couldn't stay in the upper room. There was only 172 of them. They couldn't stay in the room. They were, they were you know, they were excited. And they spilled out into the, into the streets. And this was the time of Passover. So there were thousands of Jews from all over wherever there were Jews. There were the Cuban Jews, the Dominican Jews. There were Jews from everywhere. And they were there to gather for the Passover. And so these guys start coming out, speaking in tongues. And the people that are there are hearing them speak in their own languages. Come on. Come on. Only God could, could, could let, you, let me send a message to you in a language that you don't understand. And so, and, and so people are, are like, well, why, why, are these, why am I hearing these Galileans speaking in my native tongue? And, and, and then they're being blown away. Some of them mocked the church and they said, those people are drunk. How many times have we been mocked as a church? Come on, some of you in here mocked the church. Because you, you ain't serious about it. So they mocked the church. They said, some of these people are drunk. And all of a sudden, Peter, the one who denied, the one who was scared to be even associated with Jesus, he gets up and he starts preaching. <laughs> never preached a message like this before had nothing prepared he didn't have his iPad with him nothing 
He just starts preaching to these mass thousands of people that are in the street. And he starts preaching and he tells them all about Jesus. And he tells them all about he's seen everything that Jesus has done. And he tells them, this Jesus, that's the one that you guys killed. He came to love you. He came to, but you killed him, he tells them. And he, he goes on, tells them the whole account, everything he's seen and experienced. And in Acts chapter 2, he ends like this. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the Holy Spirit of God. He says, this promise is for you and for your children and for all of you who are far off and for all whom the Lord our God will call. The word says that day 3,000 people were added to the church. 3,000 people. We went from a church of 172 to 3,000 in one message. God, I wish I could preach that message. That was the start of the church, amen? These people were from all over different lands, and you know, they had different languages, different customs, different cultures. You know what's awesome? They all stayed there. They never went back. They all stayed. Nobody went back. They, they sent to bring back their people to here. Because they said, we're going to be a part of this church. This is so amazing. We're going to be a part of the church of Jesus Christ. They all, they all stayed and, they, and, and they, they, they were like, okay, so what are we going to do now? So church, this is, this is I, I'm going to answer the question. So what are we going to do? This is what the church is called to do right from the book of Acts, right from the start. Acts 2, 42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves. The word says that some are given to be preachers and teachers and, and, and evangelists and this and that. We're all called to play a part in the church. And so they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. What is the church called to do? In case you didn't know, they're called to devote themselves to the word, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread together, to communion, to, to have community, and to fellowship and to prayer. And it says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. Look what happened. They sold property and possessions to give anyone who had need. You know how awesome that is when the church comes together and they say, you don't have a coat? I got three. Let me give you one of mine. You know what, that, that's not a post-it note. That's not, I'll pray for you. That's, here's my coat. Does this fit you? This, it says that those that had, they gave, they gave and they sold possessions so that everybody could have. Oh, man. That's what we do when we give in. That's what we do when we, when we give to ministries. That's what we do. We give so that others could have. So that those that have nothing to give could still be here and have the same experience that you who have to give can give. Amen. You pay the rent for some people that can't pay the rent here. Oh, man, come on. That's a beautiful thing. So everyone was filled. They sold property. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. 47, praising God. So worship is a key also of the church. And enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So by the Bible's definition... That's the church. They're devoted to the teaching of the word. We have to be about the word. Amen? We have to be listening and learning. We have to be reading it for ourselves. Because you can get in the place where the leader is preaching desparate. And if you don't understand the word, if you're not reading it for yourselves, you're being led astray. 
And you're not really part of a church. You're part of a cult. And you know why cults succeed? I, always, I, I, I study these things and I say, how can people follow a lunatic? How can people follow? But it's because they have a unity. And they, and they gather themselves together and they belong to something. And then we all wear the same shirts. We all get the same tattoo. We all, we all you know, drink the same Kool-Aid. We all, and, and, and so it doesn't matter what the guy tells us because we're all together. It's unity. People crave that. Why? We're wired for that. We're wired for that. Listen, our God is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He is community in himself. And we were created in the image of God. So that's why community matters to us. We need this. That's why we join gangs. That's why we join groups. That's why we're, because we're created for stuff like this. So if we don't, it's not the church. It's going to be something else. You're going to be a part of a hundred other programs and groups because we're wired for this. Woo! So we got to be devoted to the word, to be reading it, to discussing it. It's important to hear the word regularly. It's important to hear the word regularly. Thank you. Fellowship. Listen, people, I, I, people said, tell me, oh, well, I can stay home and listen to a sermon. That's not how this works. <laughs> That's not how any of this works. Yes, if you're sick and you got to say, then amen. That's why we have it online. So you can stay home and watch it online. Right now, we're getting an average of 30 to 40 people watching online. That's an awesome thing. But not if those people could be here today. That's not an awesome thing. Oh, I'm hitting you hard now. You're listening. I love you, though. You understand? But if you could be here, then you should be here because it's different from just hearing the word and having fellowship, having community. We need the hugs and the pat on the back and, hey, my brother, you look good today. Hey, hermanita, it's good to see you. We need that. We're wired for that. Listen, when, when church is over and this whole group goes to the Mexican spot and this whole group goes to Pollo Loco and this one goes to Casa Cubana and this one, that, we need that. That's what the, the, the church did in the old time. And, and this one goes to this house and this group goes to that. That's awesome. We have to be careful, though, that we include people, too. Like, hey, I know you normally go to the Mexican spot, but why don't you come with my family today and go to Casa Cubana? Right? And why don't you go? I know you normally hang out with that crew, and that's awesome, man. I love those people. Why don't you bring that crew to my house today? Right? And so we just need to be careful to do that, but that's still, that's, that's the church. That's what we're called to do, that fellowship, amen? We need that. They said they broke bread together. They said they worshiped together. They gathered to praise and worship and enjoy the favor of the Lord, and the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. See, when people see the church in action, when people see the church in action, they're drawn to it. Would you get that in your head today? When people see the church in action, they're drawn to it. Family, we're called to model church. It was the unity. Jesus said, they're going to know you're my disciples by your love for one another. Isn't that crazy? Think about that for a minute. They're going to know you're my disciples by your love for the world? No. They're going to know you're my disciples by your love for one another. So us loving each other, the world sees that and is like, oh, wow. What's up with that? Maybe I want some of that. Maybe I want some of that community. Listen, listen, for too long, for too long, people, we, we, we've heard this, this scripture that says, you know, we're called to be in the world but not of the world. 
I think the enemy has, has counterfeited that and, and our own smart, selfish, self-centered hearts have found a way to be in the church but not of the church. We flipped that scripture and messed it up. We could be in the church but not of the church. We could be in the church but we don't listen to the teaching. We don't know when the pastor starts preaching, everybody breaks out, they go to the store, they start talking, they Instagram, they're taking selfie shots. We could be in the church, but not of the church. When, when there's a day to pray, you don't come to pray, that's boring. I'm not going to come and sit there and pray for an hour. What am I going to do? Oh, but when your doctor says you have cancer, then all of a sudden you want to show up. Right? All of a sudden, when there's a need that's out of your reach, then you want to reach for the one that can reach the need. We're called to be in the church, and we're called to be of the church. I want to leave you today. This is how I want to close today. I didn't practice this. I didn't set this up, and so this could be an epic fail. But it's a picture that God gave me, and, 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 and I'm, I'm, going to try to, I'm going to try to do this. I only spoke to one person. Why don't you come up? You're going to help me. Let me read that, that scripture that I started with again. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. But now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. In fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. As it is, there are many parts, but one body. I'm going to give you a picture of what the church is. And so I've asked David to come up, and he's going to start a machine. I want you to come right here where everybody can see you. We're not behind the pole, okay? You're going to do one movement that you're going to be able to do repetitively. Think about what you're seeing on the screens right there. You're going to do one movement that you can do repetitively and just start doing it because that's what you've been called to do in this church. So David has been called to, this is the one part of many. I need somebody else from, from the Joel 2 team. Why don't you guys come up? CJ, come on. I need you to add to this machine because you're part of this machine. So you're going to connect to this system and add to it. Why well, you got to be difficult. All right, that's good. That's good. Okay, give me some more people from the Joel 2 team. Come on, come on. Where are my dancers? And, and, and I need somebody from the worship team to come join this machine. I need somebody from the children's church, from the children's ministry. If you're not teaching in there, you're, you got off today, I'm going to put you to work. Come, come up. I need, I need one of them. Come on, somebody from the worship team. Amen. Somebody from the pastoral team. Come on. I need one of the ushers, somebody from the usher ministry. I need you to come up and join this machine. Come on. Quickly, quickly. We don't got all day. Amen. Come on. Come on. Where's the rest of them? Well, I need somebody else from, from the children's ministry, somebody from the youth ministry. I need somebody from the dance ministry. Why is everybody sitting down? Let's go. Come on. Come on. Come on. Add to the machine. Let's grow the machine. Come on. <coughs> This is a picture of the church. We're all called, 
all many parts working as one were one body working in many parts. Come on, I need some more. Listen, this might be a bold step for you. You haven't even stepped out of ministry yet. Come join the machine. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Eddie, why are you sitting? Let's go. Come on, I see you itching in your seat. Get up. Come on, let's go. Come on, add to the machine. I need a lot more members of this machine. Thank you, Pastor Lou. Come on. Thank you. Come on. Add to the machine. If it spills down the stairs, let it spill down the stairs. Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. Come on. Amen. Keep it going. Keep it going. Come on. One by one, add to the machine. (laughs) All right. All right. Come on. This is the body of Christ. Oh, one many parts, one body working together, and God has arranged beforehand where they would be. I don't see an usher. Do I have an usher up here? Come on, come on. There's space. I got more space here. Let's go. Okay, so now check this out. Check this out. We're going to get crazy now. A machine never works silently, right? The body's not called to work quietly. So, David, I need you to add a sound to the movement that you're making. All right, let's go. CJ, add a sound. Add a sound. Add a sound to this. Because the machine doesn't work quietly. Come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, come on, come on. Now, here's the problem with the modern day church. The modern day church comes and they just want to sit and watch the machine. And they want to criticize it. Well, I think this one should move a little more fluidly. And I think this one's noise should be a little more louder. And I, I don't know, but the, it's time for me to go anyway because the game is on. So I, I got to get out of here. And then, and then look what happens. Watch this. Watch this. David needs a break today. So David is sitting down. Now there's a gap missing. There's a space missing. Now he has to work harder and he has to work harder to bridge this connection. Do, do you understand? Listen, that's why it matters when you're not here. Because the, come on, come on, church. It matters when you're not here. It matters when you're not apart. Look, look, here's the volume switch for this machine. Here's the volume switch. All right, your break is over, bro. You're resting. You look good, bro. Get back to work. Come on, get in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the, here's the volume switch. I'm talking. I'm talking now. I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking now. Bring the volume switch. See, but the church, the church wants to be here and be entertained. And this is nowhere, nowhere, nowhere in the, in this, in the scriptures that we read about chairs. Nobody's called to sit. We're all called to be part of this life machine. Everyone has a part. Everyone has a place. Amen? So where's your place? Where's your place? Come on, some people. Add to the machine. Let's go. Let's go. Why, why stop now? It, it didn't fail. Why stop now? Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Get up. Get up. Give me a couple more people. Let's bring the machine around. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. 
You know what's awesome, man? We're all called. Some of you, the, the biggest thing that I've seen during this time is the prayer, is the fellowship, is the encouragement. You know what else also has increased? The giving has increased. You guys have really taken ownership and said, you know what? I own this machine. This is my machine. And so some of you, your part is I give. I don't have time. My, my job is 80 hours. My, my this, I got 16 kids at home. I'm a single parent with 11 children. You, you understand? That we don't have time to do all that. But, 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 but you're a part of the machine somehow. You pray. You give. You're a part. You attend. You know, just coming makes you a part of this machine. Amen? You can be encouraging right from your seat. You can be encouraging as you leave. You can be encouraging as you come. Some of you, maybe you haven't joined any ministry, but you continue to bring people to church. You're telling people you're shining a light outside. You may not be head of a ministry here, but at your job, you're the only ministry there. And so you're ministering. You say, you know what? I got enough people in the church. I'm working at my job. I'm working at my school. And so I'm a part of this machine even though on Sundays I come to sit and receive. Come on, add this thing. Let's go. Let's go. Bring the volume. Bring the volume. Bring the volume. Yeah. No more chairs. Is this the silliest thing you've ever seen in church? <laughs> guys, thank you. I love you. I love you. You guys are awesome. Awesome job. Awesome job. Worship team, come on up, man. <laughs> Many parts. One body. For the next couple of weeks, you're going to hear from all the pastors of the church, and they're going to give you their... Their, their uh, vision for the church, their outlook on the church, their, their a message that God has put in their hearts about the church. And we're going to talk about the church for a series for as long as we get through it because it's so important that we understand who we are. Amen? It's so important that we understand where we came from. And so we're called to gather together, and the Word says we're called for fellowship, and the Word says we're called to worship and pray. So can we get out of our seats? Can we stand and just give God some praise as we worship for a couple of moments before yes, we leave yes, this yes, place? Yes, now, 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 listen to me. You might be visiting and you might be been here for a long time and you see that you say, this, the church is just as silly and dumb as I thought they were. <laughs> but you know what? There's a love here. There's a love that God called us to be and we do this because we love you. And we do this because we love people and we love the local church and we love what God has called us to do. I wouldn't rather, rather do anything else in my life. I work a full-time job, but I, I wouldn't rather do anything else in my life but to build the local church. That's what we're about, amen? So if you're not a part, if, you, if, if, if you've never, you know, um, stepped out and said... Jesus, I, I believe on you. If you've never received the Spirit of, of God, the Holy Spirit, the Word says it's available to all of us, to your children, to your children's children. It's available to all that believe. All we have to do is step out and say, Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross. I believe that you were crucified and that you rose again. I believe that you go and prepare a place for me. And some of us have our, our, our scientific methods and we're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I believe in the God thing. I don't know this and I don't know that. But 
when we look at nature, when we look at how we're created, when we look at all of creation, all of creation declares the creator. If you want to continue going through life thinking you were an accident by some big bang that exploded, then good luck with that. I know that I'm a create, that I'm, I'm the creator's creation. Amen. And I believe that all of you are too. Let's worship. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's leave this place with a praise in our heart. Stay right there. Just through you, I can do anything. Yes, God. And I can do all things. Because it's you who gives me strength. See? And through you, blind eyes are open. Strongholds are broken. I am living by faith. You guys ready? Come on, you guys help me sing it. 